Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 17. I'm just going to read one verse, and then we'll talk about the story. And it reads, Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook, and put them in a shepherd's bag and a pouch which he had. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. So far, our scripture reading uh, this morning, I'm going to entitle this sermon, this, this sermon, this message, Sermon 1 in this series, the same title as our series itself, Random But Not. Look at your neighbor and say, Random, Random. But Not. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for uh, this season that we are about to embark on. I thank you, Lord, that you are shifting our thinking about where we are. What we realize is that you're in control. And so, Lord, we will lay back and relax in you while you navigate the hills, the valley, the straightways, of our lives. And so we ask today that you'll speak through my mouth, think through my mind, give me clarity of thought and agility of wit, allow me to talk in the power of the Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name, amen. So listen, whether you're a believer or not, what you've heard at some point in your life is that God is dependable, that he's faithful and trustworthy. Many of us who are believers have found this to be true. We found that uh, we've been on the receiving end of breakthroughs and miracles and victories, even when defeat was imminent. So we know that God is good. I mean, come on, people greet you in the street. And they say, hey, how you doing? And they'd be like, God is, you'd be like, God is good. I'm blessed and highly favored. And so we say stuff like that, and then life happens. I'm going to be, let's just be clear, and let's just be transparent. It is not easy to say God is good when all hell is breaking loose in your life. You hear what I'm saying? I'm not telling you that you can't say it because you should be able to, but it ain't easy. Because what happens is the splatterings of life cloud our vision. You know what I mean? It's, it's the blowback. It's, it's called the, the blowback. That's what, that's what uh, that when somebody commits a crime with a gun, although the bullet goes that way, there is what's called gunshot residue because there is a blowback onto your hand when the bullet is discharged from the chamber. Life is like that. Although life is moving forward, life splatters sometimes. And those glasses that we have on, those rose-colored glasses that we have on with life get splattered with mess. And we look at God through those same lenses. And so then life happens and our lenses get cloudy and icky. You know, because some of us are good about cleaning our glasses. Others of us, me, I'm not so good about cleaning my glasses. And it's not, I don't clean my glasses until a moment of frustration. Like, I just can't flat out sit. And then I'm worried, like, Lord, I'm getting spots in my... Lord, they're telling me I'm seeing spots, Jesus. And then you take your glasses off, and you really realize that you're not seeing spots. You just ain't cleaned your glasses. And so life happens, and our, and our lenses get cloudy and muddy and icky. But I want to tell you that oftentimes we're in the place where the residue of life is clouding our vision, I just want you to know you're in a process. 
Here's what's amazing to me. You know, I grill a lot. And grilling, to me, is unlike frying on the stove, because when you're frying something on the stove, the grease pops. Well, the thing about grilling is grease pops, but you never know it. I never know that grease is popping and debris is flying from my cooking until all the cooking is over and I'm sitting down to watch TV and I realize, wow. Because life happens in such a way, you don't even know that you got residue on you from the junk of life. You don't even know that your vision of God is being obscured, obscured. Okay. You don't know that your vision is skewed of God while you're going through. So this series, I'm here to come and talk to the people who are in between victories. I want to talk to people today who are in between outcomes, who are in between the celebrations of life, and you feel like, I don't know what's going on in my life. My life has just turned crazy for some reason. There was a season, last year I was doing good, and all of a sudden, last month I was doing good. I got a new job, and things were going well, and all of a sudden, things just started taking a turn for the worse. And Pastor, I don't know what's going on. I just, I mean, what did I do? And I want to tell you that you're in a process. See, process is the thing that happens in between victories. Process in between outcomes in between miracles and uh, answered prayers, it's called a process. And I want to encourage somebody and tell you that processes are tied to plans. Nobody creates a process if there's not a plan. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, when you have a plan to build a house, then you go back and you create the process. It is how you plan to get to your desired outcome. This is why I say to you that in between victories is the process, and every process is connected to a plan. So Paul tells it like this in Romans 8, 28. He says, and we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. So here is the thing that you can rest assured in. I'm trying to help you in between. Everybody that's in the room that's going through a process, and now that you get it, because while I've been talking, you was like, oh, that's me. I'm in a process. My life is, is, is shaky right now. I know I've been making some good calls. I've been doing some good things. But now all of a sudden, it's just stuff that I just can't explain. And I'm telling you, it's your process. So you can be encouraged that based on the text of Scripture, his word says that all things, inclusive of everything, to the exclusion of no thing, work together for the good of them who are called who love the Lord and are called according to what purpose. Now, you got to understand that that means that all the stuff you go through, because God is the great recycler, there are no scraps left. God operates like our great-grandparents operated. They used all the meat. They used the whole animal because they said, we don't have enough to let stuff go. So you to have some ham, but now you need to eat pig feet and ears, and maws, and jowls, and they, they left nothing. God is the same way, that with all of the debris in your life, God sends the Holy Spirit behind you and sweeps up all the debris of your life. God says, hey, 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 they're about to cry. Don't let that tear go wasted. I know I got that right. Because the psalmist teaches us that though you may sow in tears, you'll reap in joy. God uses your tears as seed. Because nothing in life does God waste. But it is a part of his plan. So there is a stipulation here. The stipulation is, I'm going to let everything that you go through 
turn out for your good as long as you are a part of my plan. What are you talking about? He says, because you got to love God and be called according to his purpose. If you read further in that text, it says, for he, for he whom he foreknew, he predestined to become, uh, to be formed into the image of his son. So you got to hear that because when we start shouting on all things are working for my good, you got to hear that there is a stipulation. So here's what, what that really means. That means that for him who he foreknew, so God knew that there was going to be a group of people whose heart would turn toward him. You hear that? Because there's a group of people who God, Jesus died for everybody, but there's a group of people who reject that. God knew that. That's why I love him so much, because even though he knew that there was going to be some people who rejected his son, he sent him anyway. See what I'm saying? So there's some people he knew, so who he foreknew who would receive him, then he predestined us to be conformed into the image of his son. Now we see that God has a plan. And the process in God's plan is that everything you go through, he's going to use it for your good because the end result is promoting his plan. That's why, I that's why I don't teach anymore that you have purpose. I teach you that God has purpose for you. Called according to his purpose. You see, I, I ain't got time to deal with that, but Paul could have said that if you're called to, according to a purpose, your purpose, it said his purpose. So you got to love him, be called according to his purpose. And when you're called according to his purpose, all the junk in your life gets recycled. got time to deal with it. Okay. Okay. So, because I'm trying to stay on, on the time frame and so far I'm doing good. So here's the deal. When, when your vision gets cloudy, you're in a process. Now I want you to know what the word process means. The word process means a natural phenomenon marked by gradual changes that lead toward a particular result. That's what a process is. So when you're going through you got to shift your thinking. This series is designed to uh, encourage you, but it's also designed to mature you because you can't keep kicking the wall every time you're in a process. You can't keep getting angry every time you're in a process. You can't keep wanting to give up and stop coming to church and I don't want to pray. I don't, want to, I don't know about these scriptures. I keep calling on God and he ain't answering me. You're in the process. Come on now, you, you filled out applications for houses and all this kind of stuff and you're anxious and you want to know because you're in between not knowing and dreaming forward. You know what I'm saying? And then you get all anxious, and, and they call, and you call them and say, hey, I just want to know where we are. And they say, hey, it's being processed. Because it's, it's amazing how the world understands processes, but we don't like them because we want stuff to go from A to Z immediately. And in the process is where things happen to you. And I want to tell you that what seems random is not. Y'all with me? All right, so listen. Processes are always connected to plans. All right? So that means there is, if you're in a process, you're a part of a plan. If you're in a process, you're a part of a plan. Okay? So let's, let's, let's keep it moving, and I want to look at our text today. Because our text today is very popular. This is the story of David and Goliath. All right? So the story, though, the way the story starts, it starts random. Because it starts by Jesse telling David. So all of David's brothers are at war because they're old enough to go. David is not old enough. So he's still at the crib watching the sheep, and his dad calls him in, hey, David, come here. I want you to go up to the front lines, take these snacks, go up to the front lines, give, find your brothers, make sure they're cool, 
go on over and make sure that the commanders get some food too we want to take care of. I love, I love that culture because that culture understood that in order to give honor, we don't just take care of our own, we also take care of leadership. Whole nother lesson. So uh, David goes up there, and while David is in the process of getting to where his brothers are, there's some stuff happening at the front line, and that is the Philistine army is on one side, and the army of Israel, with David being the king and the leader, I mean uh, Saul being the king and the leader, is on the other side, and the Philistine army is really chilling because they got a champion by the name of Goliath. He's a giant. And so while everybody on that side is chilling, David gets, I mean, uh, Goliath gets up and he's taunting the armies. He's like, hey, who y'all got? Send y'all a big dude out here to me. And I tell you, he says, here's how we're going to do it. You send your big guy to me. We'll fight. Whoever wins, the, uh, the losing army has to be the slave of whoever, you know, wins the fight. Well, Israel didn't have a big guy. Not like this. So we're talking days of this back and forth. So now David gets up there, and when he gets up there, he hears uh, some, some of the guys in the army talking about Goliath and this challenge. And so David says to them, hey, um, what is, what's the like, reward? If somebody beats this guy, what do they get? And so he overhears that they uh, get the king's daughter, and they get favor on their family which uh, some theologians say that um, that means they don't have to pay taxes and they're just not subject to any of the rule of, of that king and they can just kind of do their own thing. Uh, in other words, we would call it living off the grid. They can just live off the grid. They get a whole bunch of money, live off the grid. So David was like, really? Hey, man, I will, uh, how, how do we get, how we, how we sign up? And his brothers say, hey, you just a little boy, you nosy, you messy. That's what they say, you messy. You trying to get in here and see what's going on, you messy, you know full well, you're not getting ready to fight. And he ignored them and he says to the other guy, hey, surely there's a reason. He would say, is there not a cause? In other words, who wouldn't try this based on what you get? So these guys take him to Saul. And when they take him to Saul, Saul, he says to Saul, hey, I want to fight this guy. Now, this is little David. He is a young boy. Uh, Goliath, Goliath is a big old burly dude. And he says to Saul, I want to, I want to fight this guy. Saul says to him, I don't know about that. I don't think you can handle this for you are too young and inexperienced. Watch. I want to say to you that you should not despise the process. And if you're writing, you can write that down. Do not despise your process. Watch. Because at the moment that David says to Saul, I want to fight him, Saul responds, you can't handle this. He's too big for you. You don't have the experience. But David has been through a process, listen, that has prepared him for his moment. But y'all, let me tell you something. The reason you can't despise the process is because you don't know what the process is preparing you for. Because God does not send out an email that says, hey, Cynthia, you're about to go through a process. And the process that you're about to go through is going to help you in the next segment of your life in finances. He doesn't do that. He just sends you through a process. And you never know. So watch, watch. If you read it, uh, 1 Samuel 17, verse 33, and Saul says to David, are you, uh, he says, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. You're a youth. He's a man of war from his youth. In other words, he's been fighting all his life. You're just a little boy. You're from the suburbs. He's from the hood. You know what I'm saying? That's what David said. It's like, hey, you got on braces, David. You wearing polo. This boy from the hood ain't never been to a dentist. You want to fight him? 
So, but David says the song, look, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when the lion and the bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it. And I delivered the lamb from his mouth. And when it rose up against me, I caught it by his beard. I struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Listen, your process does four things. I'm going to give them to you real quick. Your process, number one, it gives us data. See, David, because of what he had gone through, had the data. He had information. And see, we don't, we, we don't want to go through nothing. We just want to know stuff. And there is some stuff that you can't read that you're going to have to go through in order to experience. Oh, Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some stuff that God has taken you through that ain't nobody written a book about it yet. Yeah, no matter where, they've not written the stuff that you've gone through. That's why it's important for you to sit down and write some of it. Because your perspective is important. And going through a process, it gives you data. And so David was able to say, listen, I have gone through some stuff. And he probably didn't know coming up there to deliver groceries that he was going to have to pull on the data that he learned while doing menial tasks like keeping the sheep. See, that's why you can't despise your process. You keep worried about who's being promoted and you're not. You keep worrying about who's driving and living certain ways. And you say, I can't believe I thought I was going to be further along. You're in a process, baby. And what you should be doing is getting data and stop complaining. Get the data. He was able to spit. Let me tell you what I have done. It gives you data. I got to go. Number two. It gives you motivation. See, when you go through a process and come out, it motivates you for the next thing. There's some stuff that you've been through that you can say, baby, if I've been through that, I can handle this. That's why you got to go through, because there's some stuff that you need to get under your belt for the next season. You keep praying for stuff that you can't even handle. And God says, I'm willing to give that to you, but you got to go through this. So when you get there, you don't lose it and it don't kill you. Yeah, we're praying for stuff that when we get there, we'll cut our heads off if we don't go through the process. Yes, Come on, you fumbling over $100. Well, why would you, what you going to do with 100000 He keeps giving you 100 and 100 and 100 and you keep blowing it and wasting it and messing it up. So why would he give you the thousands? Learn the process with the 100. Can I say 100? That's what my dad would say, 100. <laughs> yeah. He says, so, so, the process gives you data, gives you motivation. Listen, the process gives you confidence. See, some of the stuff that you're praying to receive from the Lord, you're going to need a level of confidence to walk in it. And you can't get confidence at the door of that thing. You gain confidence along the way. Oh, come on. Some of us are trying to get confidence, and the Lord wants you to gain it. That's why you got to go through this. That's why you're going through what you're going through, man. It's about 35 women waiting for you. They need to hear your story and how you overcame and how you managed it and how you still excelled, and they still need, they need to know that you were a great mom. They need to know you were a fantastic wife and that you overcame obstacles. You don't get confidence to tell that story at the door of that appointment. You gain it through the process. And David gained confidence. He almost lost his life getting confidence. A bear and a lion, he gained confidence. He's like, if I can beat those two over a lamb that wasn't even mine, Come on. See, that's why you're going through the stuff you're going through in the office for a job that you don't own. Because, okay. see, you keep, wanting, you keep praying about owning some stuff. 
And see, you can't own what you ain't willing to die for when it ain't yours. Man, don't you know David could have said, Daddy, I just want you to know, a lion and a bear came through, took a couple of lambs. I just want you to know that. But instead, his assignment was so important that he says, I'm willing to die just so I can present back to the owner what the owner has presented me at the start of the day. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. You keep taking that job that you're on. You keep, you keep talking about this ain't mine. One day I'm going to have mine. No, you're not. Because Jesus says, who would bless you with that if you can't be trusted with something that don't belong to you? See, see, you're working for somebody right now is a process. And David, listen, David is uh, about to kill Goliath. You know how the story ends. But when you go back to the story, before David goes on the assignment that his daddy gave him, David went out to the pasture and called somebody and said, hey, I need you to cover the flock while I'm gone. Dad is sending me somewhere. He was so responsible. Man, I got so many leadership lessons out of this. <sighs> Leave it off. Because real leaders make sure what they are responsible for gets covered even when they're doing another assignment. You got to go back and read it. He gives us amazing leadership stuff through here. So the process gives you confidence that the next thing you're stepping into, you will be ready for. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to gain confidence. Process. Process. So it gives you data. It gives you motivation. It gives you confidence. It's the last thing process does for you. It gives you proper assessment of yourself and the God you serve. Because what David said was, I have killed the bear and the lion. But he goes on to say that the same God who delivered me. See, he realized I used my ability, but it was God who delivered me. See, that's why I know, that's why I know, Deidre, that I got this thing right about, about, about purpose. It's God's purpose. So when you submit to God's purpose, what you use are your talents. That's what David did. His talent to be a great shepherd and a fighter, it was God's plan, his daddy's plan, but God's plan for his life ultimately, says David, I don't want this bear and this lion to kill you because I got a plan. So we're going to use your gifting, your strength. But David had the proper assessment because he knew that although I killed the lion and the bear, it was God who delivered me. See, that's why processes are important. Because if you just arrived at the door of success, you will think that you got there on your own. But the process teaches you the child, I know I couldn't get here on my own. I have made so many mistakes. I have dropped the ball so many times. I have broken so many promises. I have, I have done this and this and this and this. And God got me here. He got me here, not me. That's why the process is important. Because people who feel like they got there on their own don't stay there long. Because when you think, listen, oh, shoot. <coughs> Let me say that again. Let's tweak this. People who feel like they got there on their own, don't stay there long. Because when you feel like you brought yourself there, you're going to have to be the one to keep yourself there. And I want to tell you that you don't have what it takes to keep yourself there. doing good okay okay so now watch here's the next thing I want you to write down your process is tailor-made for you there is no such thing as a universal process there is no such thing as it's just general that the things that you go through are tailor-made for you that's why you can't look at other people's journey and feel like you should be further along based on, shoot, they doing that? I should be able to do so-and-so. It's a tailor-made journey. Stop praying for other people's processes. Watch this. Watch this. Uh, Samuel, 1 Samuel uh, 17, 
verse 38 and 39, watch this. So Saul, after Saul says, okay, David, you got all this confidence. You're giving me all this information about what you have done. I'm going to let you do it. Go ahead. But what I want to do is give you my armor. Watch this. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put uh, a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened the sword and his armor and tried to walk. Listen, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I can't walk in this. I can't walk in this. He says, well, I have not tested them. So David took them off. And so what David was really saying was, this, ain't, this armor that you got, this is top of the line armor because it was made for the king. It had been through the best process armor could go through. But because it was tailor-made for Saul, David, as good and as much quality that it had in it, David could not carry what was not made for him. <sighs> Come on, y'all. Come on. Wake up. Wake up. Quit looking at other people's processes because you can't handle what was not made for you. Can I tell you, you can't handle a success that's not made for you. I can do that. No, you can't. I'm anointed just like they are. No, you're not. Because your process is tailor-made. So that's why you got to be thankful. I know this is crazy. I know the world would dog me out by preaching stuff like this. But you got to be thankful for your process because what God has done, God has measured who you are, where you are, what you have, and how you can manage and says, I want their process to fit them perfectly, which means you got what it takes to live through this process. It ain't too heavy. That's my life. It's just heavy. I'm just going through right now. I don't think I can make it. It ain't too heavy because it's been tailor-made for you. He knew that you could handle what, come on, old saints would say, he ain't gonna put no more on you than you can bear. That is the truth because your processes are tailor-made for you. David said, your process, Saul, don't work for me because I can't walk in this. But when I get on my process, I can actually walk in my process because my process is designed to move me forward. He wouldn't put you in the process if you couldn't handle it, if it was too heavy, if you couldn't move it. He says, no, I'm going to put on you what you can walk with because it's designed to move you forward. Why would I give you something that keeps you weighted down? But it seems heavy. It's because your perspective is jacked up. It's the way you look at it. So David says, y'all take this off. I can't, I can't walk in this. So the story, when we get to David fighting Goliath, it really seems random. But what we find out is that David is on assignment from Jesse. But then God says, really, you're on an assignment from me. Because what seemed to be Jesse just waking up wondering, I wonder how my boys are doing. It's really a plan from God. And God sending the Holy Spirit and saying, hey, let's go ahead and launch plan one-on-one for David. Can we do that? And he says, in order to launch it for David, I got to use his father. So tell, tell uh, Jesse to start wondering about his sons. And then God pulls the trigger on plan one-on-one for David. Random, right? Well, this text, after David takes off this armor, it brings us to what appears to be another random moment. Because the Bible says, he says to them, take off this uh, armor. I can't walk in it. And David goes to the brook and he chooses five smooth stones. You, you got to see what appears to be random is not in two places. Number one, the text says that he chooses. Okay? In the Hebrew, that means he selected. Because the text could have said he grabbed. You see? But it says he chooses. Which means at some point, David had to stop and intentionally look at what he was about to pick up. 
Okay? This random moment gets even more specific because it says he gets five smooth stones. So David, who had been through a process, now selects rocks that have gone through a process. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. Y'all not hearing me. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. How do you know that, Pastor? Because what I found out is that rocks that are smooth are not created smooth. So watch. So in this room that we use over here, this is the science room, Ms. Carlton's room. And so we had a chance to, uh, to serve at the end of the year, serve uh, Chick-fil-A to them. And so I finally got a chance to meet Miss Carlton, and I brought her breakfast to her. I said, I just wanted to meet you. I wanted to bring this breakfast to you because we had never met, and I wanted to say thank you for letting us use your room. Now, this had to be the Holy Ghost, y'all. I'm telling you, this is so not random. So while I'm in there, months ago, like over a year ago, we would go in that room, and she had this little machine that was running for probably a year straight. Yeah, and we'd be like, what is that? So we're looking at it, but we don't know what it is. So after all these months has been gone, I'm standing in her room. I'm meeting her for the first time. It's amazing to me how, and I got to say, the Lord brought this question back. And he brought it back because he needed to tell y'all this, because this whole series comes from this moment. I said, uh, Ms. Carlton, we were in here praying, and there was something in here making noise for months. What is that? Oh, she said, oh, that was a rock grinder. I said, what is, what is a rock grinder? She said, a rock grinder is a machine that simulates the erosion process. I said, what's the, out, what's the outcome? She said, oh, the outcome is that the rocks that I put in were square and jagged, but when they came out, they were super smooth. I said, uh, you got one of them? She said, yeah, I'll give you one. And I left it on my dresser. I've had it for months now because the Lord has been talking to me about this. And I left it on my, my, my uh, chest of drawers. I meant to bring it so you can see it. It is so smooth. And she says to me, she says, this is pure granite. And it is so smooth. And so when she handed it to me and I felt it, the Holy Ghost says, this is what David used to kill a giant. But this rock that David used had to go through a process before it could be used. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. See, y'all keep praying, Lord, use me. Lord, give me a platform. Lord, let them see me. Lord, give me more followers. Lord, give me more money. And God says, I ain't got no problem with that, but I got to get you through this process so you can be smooth. Because David did not kill the giant with a jagged stone. The man, the boy, who had gone through a process used a stone that had gone through a process. Can I talk to you all about this process? Real quick, and I'm out of here. I got a minute and 50-some seconds. Let me be done. Here's the process of becoming smooth. First, there has to be motion. Because the water carries the rock. There has to be... There's, the, listen, the rock has to be submitted to the current of the water. And really, whether it's submitted or not, it can't control the current. Oh, I love it. Because there's some motion that happens in your life that you can't control. And you got to flow with it. And see, you just want to get on the sidelines. I'm just tired. I'm going to sit down. I'm just going to stop. And God says, okay, you just prolonging your process because a part of your process is motion. You have to be carried along. I just need a sabbatical, Pastor. I'm just going to take some time off. Okay, fine. Take your time off because you're just prolonging your process. Oh, I can't get no talk. I can't get no talk because you want to you wanna subtract. You want to uh, pull yourself out of the flow of life. And what you got to understand, if you're going to get to victories, your process calls for motion. That's why I tell people all the time, they say, I just don't know what I want to do in life. I just say, well, you can't sit down and wait until you find out. Go do something. And in the process of doing something, you'll find it. Because motion is a, is a crucial part. Do something. 
I ain't going to go to school because I don't know what I'm majoring in. Okay, don't choose a major just yet. Just go on and get your, your, uh, uh, your, your, your prerequisites out of the way. You need to be doing something, yo. Can I, can I say yo? And still be spiritual. Okay. So watch. So there is emotion. There's, there's motion. Here's number two, one of my favorite. There is abrasion. So watch. When the motion of the water carries the stones along, it collides with other stones and the rocks break. So brokenness is a part of your process. You're going to run into some stuff in life that's going to break you. It's a part of the process. Life carries you along, and as you are moving, you run into some stuff. And next thing you know, what used to be a sharp end is no, no longer a sharp end because it's been broken. I got to keep moving. The next thing is the process called abrasion. Abrasion is when the current carries the rocks across. I'm sorry, I said abrasion. Next one is resistance. Resistance. Oh, I love this. Resistance is when the current carries the, the, uh, the rock against the sand. It is the whole concept of sandpaper. But y'all, do you know where sand comes from? Sand comes from broken pieces of all the rocks. Let me let that sink in a minute. Sand comes from brokenness of billions of rocks which says to me that I ain't the only rock that's been broken <laughs> which also says to me I need your brokenness to help smooth me, smooth me out because it's when the rocks go against brokenness of others that's why your testimony is important See, you, you, I, I don't tell nobody my business. That's why you still rough around the edges. That's why you lonely. Because God likes for people to come against or come in contact with other brokenness so they can be smooth. That's why uh, a proverb says that sh iron sharpens iron. Because there has to be a coming together. That's why the process says that we, sometimes we bump heads. And when we bump heads sometimes, we get broken. But it's your sand and my sand that helps smooth. And so what you think was a random moment was David saying, I know what I need in order to get this victory. And what I need is a rock that has gone through a process. Let me tell you something. David grabs these stones. He puts them in his bag. And as Goliath comes for him, now they taunt, they play the dozens a little bit. And, and you read it, because they play the dozens, because when he comes out and he's little, then Goliath has all this to say. Y'all sending this little dude to fight me? Yo, y'all should say, why would you send a dog to fight me? Come on. And then David had to get back, because you know he got this confidence now. He was like, yo, I'm going to cut your head off, dude. Let's roll. So as Goliath is running after him, David reaches in. The guy who's been in the process reaches in and gets a stone that's been through the process. And when both processes come together in a sling, it kills. Only God could do something like that. Because see, I would think we would need a sharp stone to pierce his temple. He said, I want a smooth stone to go in because a sharp stone would make a point of entry and it wouldn't take as much force because it's sharp. God says, give me the smooth stone because I'm going to put so much force behind what this rock has been through that it's going to penetrate the skin and go straight into his temple. A smooth stone. Do you know how much strength David had to have? in order for that to fly out. Y'all, it ain't the kind of sling that we had as kids. No rubber bands. Okay. 
No, no, no Y's. You know that little Y shape? None of that. They love them things. None of that. It was a sling that was basically a rag that he had to know how to release the right end at the right time. And God took the process and the process and killed a lion. I mean, and killed Goliath. David runs over to him, cuts his head off. He says, hey, guys, take this to Saul. What I'm telling you is a story that starts random. Events, random. Lions and bears and tigers, oh my, random. Picking up a stone, random. But not. Because it was all the beginning of the journey of David. The big thing that happened in David's life before this was that Samuel came to Jesse's house and he was anointed as king. He was anointed to be king, but sent back to the pasture to watch the sheep. Because it was, he was anointed, but he needed a few more processes. Guys, let me tell you something. Don't despise the process. I know you're anointed. And listen, I don't know why God does what he does. Because sometimes I would rather just go on through my processes and then you anoint me. But God often sends us anointed through processes. And because we have anointing wrong in our concept, we feel like because I'm anointed, I shouldn't have to go through that. And he says, no, nah, you are anointed so you can go through that. And this process, I just want you to know that God is not in heaven rolling the dice on your life. <sighs> come on, come on. Did you need a new pair of shoes? No, that is not how he operates. Yeah. God is saying there are processes that are designed for you. And although you feel like because you can't see, you don't know my ways, you don't know what's coming up for you, you don't know the plan that I have for you, but you're going to have to trust me at a level. When you trust me at a level, you will walk through Whatever the process is, David was the same kid that says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Why? Because he had gone through a process. So he knew at the place where Saul was trying to kill him. He had gone through the process of killing the bear and the lion. He had gone through the process of killing the giant. Can you see the processes in David's life? He transitions from animals to men, to giants. Processes help you transition. You can't ask God to give you, let me kill, let me kill the giant. Why? You ain't killed a lion and a bear. That's what worries me about these kids signing multi-million dollar contracts and leaving the crib of high school, the cradle of high school, and going to the NBA. That scares me. Because you're anointed, you got gifting. But you ain't gone through the process. And the world, as long as they can see money, in your eyes and in your hands, they don't care nothing about your processes. That's why these kids come out of there, get kicked out, broke, on drugs, because they've not gone through a process to handle. Come on. And the world will give you a stage when God will give you a process. Yeah, the same God that owns everything gives you a process, because he says, I own it all. And because I'm a great investor, I want to be able to give you all that you want, but I got to get you ready to handle it. If I gave it to you out of the crib, it'll kill you. And I'm just trying to encourage you that the stuff that seems random in your life is not. God has a plan. So your thing, you need to trust him. Your thing you need to relax. You got to relax in it. Pastor, that's easier said than done. Okay. I know that. I walked through this. I'm, I'm human just like you. I just so happen to be the guy that he told to tell you this. 
But while he was telling you, he was telling me. So he was telling us that we got to trust him and we got to relax. Why? Because, see, see, listen, some of the stuff you've been going through in your head, you keep saying, I know my life is jacked up because I keep making bad decisions. Here's the deal. You need to look at that. You need to be self-aware. You hear me? But even your bad decisions got to turn around for your good because that's just how he operates. You hear what I'm saying? So your life ain't over because you made a bad call. Yeah, more your life is bigger than the last, last bad decision you made. You hear what I'm saying? So I don't throw kids away because they make bad decisions and you, you got children coming up having babies. Your life ain't over because of that? Yeah, but I can't go to school now. Says who? You might have to work a little harder. You might have to stay up a little longer. But your life ain't over. You just got another life you're responsible for, but you can do that. God can handle it all. Yeah, but I made a mistake. You made a mistake in what you did. You ain't a mistake in having babies. Ain't no sin in having the baby. The sin is what you did. Okay, when you got up from there and said, God, forgive me, my bad. He said, okay, then you find out she was pregnant. Okay. What are we going to do? Life ain't over. It's just adjusted. How are you going to manage this process? Let's manage our processes. Let's get better. God says, I want you to see differently what you're going through right now. Because all things will work for your good. All things, inclusive of everything, to the exclusion of no thing. Processes perfect you for what's next in your life. Perfect, mature, okay? The world has given us a bad concept of the word perfection. Perfection is in without flaws, is what the world says. But when we see in the text of scripture that he will make you perfect, that says he will make you mature. And I'm believing, I'm understanding that maturity comes with imperfections. So God says, you think it's random, but I'm in control. Let's stand.